0: I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real life hardship. And we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom. And that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her Podcast H E A L. Honor, elevate, and love her podcast formerly known as the Owaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey toward wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. Mari Carmen Lopez is a television producer with credits that include the successful Love & Hip Hop and Black Ink Crew franchises, WE TV's Hustle & Soul, and Complex Network's Good Looking Out. As a talent manager, she's worked with Slick Rick, the most successful British rapper in history, Missy Elliott, Jagged Edge, and has given a platform to artists, especially women in music, such as Cardi B, Amara La Negra, and Trina. MC Lopez is the founder of MCL Media, an independent production company that captures incredible stories and characters that entertain and impact. Since the company's relaunch, MCL Media has produced hundreds of hours of cable programming and digital work for top networks and streaming giants, including VH1, BET, MTV, WeTV, Complex Networks, Peacock, Netflix, and Facebook Watch. Mari Carmen is focused on mentoring youth in television production and pushes to increase visibility for minorities and women in the industry. She's passionate about immigration reform and works to provide music therapy for the elderly in Miami alongside her mom's organization, the Algo Nuevo Foundation. So please welcome to the show, Mari Carmen Lopez. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for agreeing to come on and share your journey with us. Let's see. Let's see how. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like this conversation for me on my end has been a long time coming. You know, I've been connected with you on Instagram for years and followed your journey, your evolution. Um, I believe there was an event probably back in like twenty. 17, 2018, I can't remember exactly. Um, but I had come to Miami for an event to, I guess, moderate as part of the, the panel. And you were later on in that day, you were speaking on one of those panels. So I had an opportunity to hear a little bit of your journey. And I feel honored that I get to have Oh, this that's so sweet. Now. Thank
1: you so much. <laughs> that's, yes. you, I, I, that's very, very sweet. It's always like, it's always an honor and a privilege to be able to, you know, have people that are interested in hearing, you know, what your life and your journey is about. It's it's something that I never never take for granted. Um, you know, it's not the I'm usually, you know, and, and, and you're more in front of the camera than I am. So these um opportunities and conversations are always a little bit, you know, I'm a little introvert so to speak. That <laughs> I stay behind the camera. So we'll see how this conversation um plays out, but I love I remember you know when we finally did connect on on social media and just the the name of your of your platform, I was really compelled by it. I thought it was super dope and then being able to just kind of scroll and see you know some of the different individuals you talked to, I thought was really awesome, so you know I know it's been a while coming since we've been connected, so i'm I'm thankful that we finally had the chance to to connect in this way, so I hope that you know our conversation is you know helpful for me, helpful for you and helpful for anybody who decides to listen you know, and and hopefully they get something from it. So
0: I definitely know that this conversation is going to be fruitful. And whenever someone tells me that they're an introvert, I get excited because people may not guess it off the bat, which is why I try to share it often, but I'm extremely introverted. And I know that introverts, we prefer deep conversations, more intimate conversations. We're not really, you know, with the surface level, the small talk. So whenever someone tells me that they're an introvert, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a great conversation. (laughs) <laughs> you just gotta you gotta you
1: gotta scratch through the shell a little bit. But yeah, um typically I mean I'm I'm usually I'm comfortable in big environments, but I think as I've gotten older I've really appreciated, like you said, intimate spaces, intimate settings, you know, just connecting with honest people. In my career I've done that. You know, I've connected with just regular people. Even if they, you know, end up being stars, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're still regular people that were in I don't want to say irregular situations, but situations that you know we just always uh, saw and witnessed, but never was a part of. So you know, I always I feel I feel like I'm such a cheerleader for the underdog because I was always one. So 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 yeah, like introverts, it takes a little minute, but you know, as I've gotten older, i really appreciate it. just continuing to connect with real people and, and learn their journeys too. So. You know, I understand why you have the platform that you have because there's nothing better than just hearing real stories out about real people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that because I feel like people have this impression that if someone is famous or a celebrity or influencer, like that their life isn't similar to theirs and the beauty that. I have found in even doing this podcast is, you know, women that I've admired from afar that are building, you know, multi-million dollar businesses and, you know, doing all these extravagant things, they are human. Like their stories, we connect to their stories. A lot of us have similar situations that have happened to us or similar experiences, even, you know, childhoods and backgrounds. So I love hearing the realness because, you know, social media shows, the highlight reel, you know, TV, right. Um, you know, shows all of those things, but getting to know the person on a, a human level is what excites me.
1: Yep. Yep. Same here. Same here. Yeah. Like that's the one thing, you know, I work in the unscripted space um, and I've been doing so for over a decade now. And, you know, the, the idea is taking kind of putting in front of the lens, people who have not been used to, you know, the cameras and the lights and all that stuff. I and, and just kind of hearing their story. And so Um, Being able to like see the behind the scenes of like people having, you know, these real situations and being brave enough to like live their truth in front of a camera, you know, regardless of of judgment or criticism or opinions of people, you know, Mm -hmm. is, is I think a very brave thing to do regardless of like, you know, people's opinions on the unscripted space and, you know, non-actors, for lack of a better phrase, coming on television and just kind of like living their truth. A lot of the shows that we love to watch that are scripted and these films are really inspired by real life situations and real life events. So I think like, you know, sometimes that space gets, you know, very judged and it's only because people don't take the chance to really peel back the layers and understand you know, there is a family member or a friend or an acquaintance or a, someone in our in our professional world that, you know, we know that mirrors like what we're watching on television or even mirrors ourselves. Um, and I think sometimes people are so quick to criticize and judge other people's situations as opposed to just understand, you know, and I think so my career um, has really put me in spaces where, it's really hard to sit there and just kind of judge somebody's situation, you know, just because mm-hmm. you really look at it and you're like, damn, like you you think about your life sometimes and like the stuff that you've gone through and then you kind of like learn somebody else and realize like you have to count your blessings, you know?
0: Hmm. Absolutely. When you said the the people who are going in front of the camera and living their life authentically, like, you know, just living out their truth in front of a camera. Um, right. When you spoke about the, them being brave, I totally resonate with that. And I feel like vulnerability takes courage. And I think Absolutely. a lot of people, especially because of their own childhood, you know, wounds or traumas and insecurities, they will see someone living out their truth and judge them, not necessarily because there's something wrong with that person is doing, but because within themselves, they don't see themselves being able to do that because of their own shame or because of their own insecurities. So it's really like their judgment is a projection of their own inner things that need to be worked on.
1: Right, absolutely. I I super agree with that. Not sure if this is how we were supposed to start, um, yeah. <laughs> but we just kind of like, just kind of like dove in. So if you want to reel it back, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you take Take the wheel, ma'am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great because this kind of just like you know sets, I guess, the tone for the conversation because it's kind of what I want to get into. So you know, speaking about childhood. Before we get to how you got to where you are today and your impressive resume and all the amazing people that you've had the opportunity to work with and all the beautiful work that you do, I would love to know, what did you want to be when you were a little girl and how is that connected to who you are today?
1: Mm, That's a great question to start this off. You know, I, I grew up in the performing arts, my mom, you know, I come from a line of like Artists and performers, my grandfather was a trumpet player in his country. um my family's from Cuba, and you know so he was a shoemaker and he was also a trumpet player and then my mom she's a singer, and she didn't kind of she didn't realize her dream until an elderly age. So my mom is in her seventies now. And has a full ban- band and performs twice a month. You know, at her age, and she said she didn't start singing until she was 45, but she always had this burning passion inside of her, of you know, wanting to be on a stage and perform and sing. And she just wasn't able to do that because of lack of opportunities in her country. Mm-hmm. So she sort of, you know, but that's the real artist; their passion doesn't die regardless of age. So you know, at the age of 45, my mom began to sing and be a part of a community group and then from there she's transitioned into like her own thing and you know from there she opened up a nonprofit and she does music therapy for senior citizens who also have sort of that burning desire to either perform or be a part of the arts so you know i say that to say that the lineage has always been there so growing up i i you know i I was around a lot of music a lot of arts you know my mom again she started her band you know when i was a young girl so there would be Thursday night rehearsals at my house growing up in my apartment. And so I just really grew up around this really cultured and diverse community around me. And, and, you know, growing up in Miami, I was born in Jersey. I grew up in Miami. There's, you know, such a melting pot of different people in the neighborhood that I grew up in. There was down the block. There were, you know, uh, Central Americans. There were. Caribbean, there were, you know, uh, black people and and Caucasians. And so there was all these different um, environments around me that I grew up in. So the arts and performing and being on a stage was something that I, you know, just naturally fell into. And, you know, I thought that's what I always wanted to do. And then, you know, I became a teenager and, you know, I gained some weight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and then I I would still perform with my mom because I was a dancer for her. But you know, like becoming a teenager, you know, and and then into a young adult, like life just transitioned me into other ways. And but one thing that always sort of like really stuck with me was that people never knew the behind the scenes of what it took to get to a stage, you know, whatever that stage may be. So it's if in front of a stage when you're performing or in front of a television or in front of anything where there's a crowd of people, the hard work, the, the sweat, the tears, the nervousness, everything that involves getting you to that point of being in front of folks was always just so fascinating for me. And I think that's how I sort of fell into this. You know, I started working in music as an internship and then a transition to television but yeah going back to your question growing up as a little girl like I you know being in the arts in some form or fashion was always I guess my destiny um Mm -hmm. from the lineage that I grew up in
0: I love how so first of all I love how throughout all of that it's almost like I felt your love for your mom oh yeah
1: yeah you know (laughs) Yeah, I, I yeah, like my mom and I were the same. A lot of people would say, but um, yeah, I, I you know, you never realize until you get older, like the um, the real sacrifice that your that your family makes, you know, in order to groom you into the adult that you should become in society. And I felt like, you know, I, I have this passion. Always when I talk about my mom, a because I'm just so proud that she didn't allow you know, judgment or criticism of her age or, mm-hmm. you know, doubt to cloud her goal of wanting to, you know, live her truth and live out her dreams. So I always speak about that because I'm just so proud that, you know, she at this age is still doing what she does. Um, and then also like, you know, I, I it's an appreciation for who she is and the lack of that growing up, I think, you know, a lot of times young people, kids and children, we just don't realize, you know, the how wonderful our parents can be. You know, obviously we come from that environment. We don't we take for granted a lot of stuff that our family, our families sacrifice for us. Um, and, you know, I really I really fell into that when I was a when I was a young person. And then so as an adult and and just kind of coming into my own and maturing and just realizing life. And again, the lack of judgment that I try to have for people just because of all the walks of life I've met, you know, my mom, you know, I'm realizing that she's uh, human and, mm-hmm. you know, and then she had her own path to walk before she got to where she is. So um, I speak about that really highly I and mean, openly only because I grew from that when I was younger, you know,
0: mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful to hear, you know, not only how much love you have for your mom when you speak of her, but also you know the the theme of that. It's it's never too late to start or pursue your passions. Uh, Amen. Um. You know, going into her pursuing her passions. You know, in her forties and and what she's doing now with um, work in the community. It's it's beautiful to hear. And When you start in the beginning, you said you come from a family of artists. Like to me, that just said you come from a very passionate family.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <So>, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
0: You know, my, I didn't I didn't find out until later um, in life that my father's father was from Cuba. Um, oh, OK. Yeah. So my I guess my dad didn't really have a relationship with his father growing up. And I'm not even sure if he's still with us, like alive. But I know that um, my family had told me that my father's father was from Cuba. Um, I was like, oh, OK, so I have some history there that I need to learn about. So I ended up going. in
1: we are all yes. our, our connected in yeah. every, it's
0: just, it's just the amount of
1: ingredients that we each have is a little bit different. You know, you may have a little more, you know, melanin or, or depending on what your complexion is, but ultimately we are all coming from the same place in that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. it. Um, And I guess what, no matter what, not even just culture, culture, gender, whatever you want to call it, it's always important for us to have uh, representation in order for us to feel like we're a part of something. So I would love to know for you, how important is it for you to have representation as a Cuban American?
1: Um, It's super important for me for just representation of underrepresented people, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in, and, and I think my whole life, I've just kind of been exposed to like, again, the underdog thriving and in, 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 in figuring out their own, you know, my mom, just going back to my mother. And, you know, the elderly population is something that a lot of people kind of forget as you get older, like sort of, you, you know, you just, it, it's just different as you get older. So I think that my mom, being someone that was a little advanced in age, and still finding a sort of face within what she wanted to do was an underdog in her field you know so being you know an immigrant uh not speaking the language of the country being past an age that most would want to pursue being on a stage you know all those things that would be negatives or you know points taken off she really um was able to thrive past that. So Mm -hmm. I think I always grew up around people who were counted out, Mm -hmm. you know, for myself, you know, I was, I was, I wasn't the most popular kid in school. You know, I had my experiences growing up as I, you know, went to a bunch of different schools growing up. And so I was, I felt like I was counted out in a lot of ways, you know, so I Mm -hmm. felt like I just kind of always came from that sort of, space where like the underdog was always always thrived and survived you know so even for me like being in the space that starting in music you know I worked for the independent label slip and slide records in Miami and you know indies usually have a lot more of back then now it's so so different but you know back then indies really just had a harder place and just a, a harder road to sort of figure out like their artists and their business and stuff like that and so I that's the first, that was my first home as I sort of ventured into the business side of of the arts and saw, you know, my bosses and my mentors really just, you know, figure it out, sort of build that sort of mentality in me as well. So I think I've always just come from a line of that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, transitioning into the television space, I worked under a black woman, you know, Haitian woman, Mona Scott, young and sort of seeing how she was able to really thrive in a in a in a business in a space that we weren't meant to sort of thrive in on the business side of things. So I just always, you know, I've been blessed to always just be around people that figure it out
0: and mm-hmm. thrive
1: in situations that just weren't meant for them to really thrive in.
0: Yeah, like you've for for someone who's been counted out, you've built an impressive resume, you've, I guess, the word would be uh, evolved into the woman that you are today. So you just explained Thank some you. of your journey, you know, with Slip and Slide Records and, and how you transitioned from that. So tell us a little bit more about your journey to get to where you are today.
1: Professionally, yeah, you know, I I was a waitress. Um, I mean, I'm. it's gonna take it all, you know, outside of the growing up in the arts and stuff like that. You know, I was a waitress in college and and a bartender. And I was working at a really popular comedy club in Miami. And there was a popular night that a bunch of like people from the industry too. And I met somebody there, Wendy Morgan. She was the vice president of marketing at Flip Inside Records at the time. She came with a couple of the artists in the label. And we, you know, had a good conversation. I wasn't really looking for anything. I was in college, you know, trying to figure out figure it out still trying to figure it out after all these years but i was in a i was a psychology major then a social work major then a criminal justice major you know you know the college life and like okay where am i supposed to go so during that period i met her and you know i always you know as a waitress and everything you're supposed to have a bubbly personality and from there she invited me to the office to have a conversation She offered me an internship. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And, you know, but I I winged it and I I figured it out and figuring it out. And from there, it sort of went from an internship to being offered a position within the management company of the label when they had signed some new artists. One of those artists at the time was Jagged Edge. Jagged went independent after their deal with um, Def Jam. And so there was a partnership there. And those were the first artists that I was working with alongside Trina. And so, you know, those were pretty big names at a very young age to sort of work with. And, and from there, it just kind of, it I kind of honestly, if I, I just kind of winged it, you know, I felt like I was putting, I, I was putting opportunities and put in spaces that I may not have been prepared for from a educational background or a, Experience background but you know obviously they saw something in me that i didn't see my that i didn't see in myself at the time and you know thankfully i was put in these positions and it was like a flight fight or freeze and <laughs> and i fought my way through it you know and wow. um and i think that's has been sort of my track record you know over how many years now maybe like 15 16 years in the business has been just kind of figuring it out as i go especially when I've been in opportunities or been in rooms that I, you know, it's that self doubt that you tend to have when you feel Mm -hmm. like you're in spaces that you're not supposed to be in, you know, and it's somehow it's like, you're, you're pushing away God's blessing for you. You're pushing away, you know, where you're supposed to be at because you feel like you're not supposed to be there, but you are supposed to be there because that's where your blessing is supposed to come in. And I think a lot of us, you know, we're put in these positions, again, we're w- we're winning it, but it's because there was something that somebody saw in you that mm-hmm. God knew you had. You know, I, I don't want to go all the way spiritual if this is not the platform to do it as, but that's something that I really rely on in my life. And, you know, I I think that, you know, it's pushing past that doubt, that self-doubt and just knowing that you deserve a seat at that table, you know? But yeah, that's been honestly like, you know, there's been no magic sauce uh or formula in figuring this out. I think the magic sauce is just you know, whatever um assets and and, and things that God has put in my in, in my heart and in my life and, and being able to just be a conduit to that, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean you mentioned a couple of times the word wing it and based on what <laughs> You've shared about your story and your beliefs and your background and your your faith. You basically it's it's like a, a faith it to you make it, not fake it, but faith it. Amen. I I, I like <laughs> I like
1: the way you said that faith it. I mean, you know, I think a lot of us like you know we don't we don't know that we already have the skills to do the thing. You know what I mean? And when you understand transferable skills and you understand that this prepared you for this, prepared you for this, and prepared you for that. And you, yeah, I may not have an educational background in the field that I'm in, but I have these transferable skills, Um mm-hmm. detail-oriented, I have a strong work ethic, I have great customer service, I know how to speak to people, I write well. So like those things are transferable in a lot of different businesses and positions. And I think if you sort of look at it from a macro level and you understand that it's just about learning the field that you're in i mean if it's not like science-based or like a doctor or like something where you really need to know like Mm -hmm. that sort of like you know rigorous study i think that you know a lot of skills that we have are just transferable, and just and you just gotta hone in on those and and figure out how what you have works in the field that you're in, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think all those skills that I mentioned, and then some, you know, transfer into a lot of positions.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I feel like majority of people have only tapped into maybe ten percent of their potential. You know, absolutely so much locked up inside of us, but because we, we doubt, we have fear, we worry, um, you know, we allow the opinions uh, of other people, or, you know, what are our, our parents, you say, well, what will what will people think? What will people say? You know, right. those old thought patterns, um, we allow them to, to limit us. But like you said, we have so many transferable skills that if we looked at it that way, rather than uh, deny the opportunities that come to us, because, you know, you were saying that, you were given a lot of these opportunities that you didn't feel at the time that you were qualified for but you did it you had the skills or you were able to learn the skills you had the ability to tap into you know what's inside of you to to do the job but oftentimes some of us will turn down the opportunities because we feel that we don't know or that we, um, you know, we can't. There's these self-limiting beliefs that we have that that hold us back. You know, it, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of a, a recent opportunity that I've been given. I attained a contract with a corporate um, mm-hmm. organization that is basically paying me my annual salary or more than my annual salary to do a, a particular job. I've never worked before, right? <laughs> right? So, but. right. And you know, yeah, yeah, no. And I
1: get it. And it's like, oh my god, like I, I, you know, like yeah, you you work in the arts, you work in the industries, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and you're like, oh my god, how is the corporate America gonna accept me? But you know what's crazy is that I have a very, very, very close friend to me who's been in the um arts for 20 years. He was you know, on, on camera, on radio, in front of the, you know, in front of TV, on a mic, and she is now working in corporate America. And she literally, like, last year, you know, she was, she's a mom. And she, you know, she just wanted a different sort of lifestyle, because she's, you know, she's raising kids. And, and yeah, and and it's those transferable skills, it's knowing how to take what you've learned. And, you know, this industry just build a certain resilience that you can't, you can't always find in those books. And I'm an advocate Mm -hmm. for education and going to college. I've even, I've even been thinking about going back to school just to hone in on some skills and, and just really be, you know, a master of my craft. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, like there's a lot this experience in life and, situations that you're in, especially in certain industries and learning how to pivot. And, you know, it's, you know, uh, open to everything attached to nothing and, and figuring it out as we go. Like it's a, that's a, that's a skill. That's a real <laughs> skill that you have to like understand. And so like the, the resilience that this business builds, especially as a as a minority woman and knowing how to just kind of keep going Yeah, she she was able to transfer the skills and now she's in corporate America as, you know, an EVP, you Mm -hmm. know, of marketing at a corporate company and she's thriving. And it's again, like, you know, not to sound repetitive, but it's those transferable skills and the resilience that you that you build in like knowing how to shift. You know, and, and I think for all, for a lot of us, you know, we, we, these past few years and dealing with, you know, the pandemic and everything that comes from the aftermath of the pandemic and people's just business as a whole and, and people's like this work ethic and, and, you know, just doing things differently from prior to 2020. You have to know how to pivot. Yeah. You got to learn how to pivot like professionally, personally. If you want to, keep hustling and, and, and keep paying your bills, you know, mm-hmm. like the people, but you just specifically down to the TV business. Like, I mean, stuff is so different from the way that when I came up in it, you know, there was only a few select channels in cable and premium that people watch. And, you know, you're used to the millions of viewers in one episode or one week. And, and now the ratings are different. The streamers, you know, there's yeah. everywhere you turn, there's a new content creator, um, mm-hmm. or a new content channel. And now, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's way more, I don't want to say oversaturated because, you know, it, I feel like there's, there's a blessing in that because there's so many spaces for people to like, you know put out their content and put out you know there's the 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 opportunities for independent filmmakers independent producers that you know invest in their own equipment or you know invest in their own in their own content because they weren't given the space or the opportunities to you know to to sell their stuff to like the majors yep. now there's an opportunity for them so i I applaud that you know but at the same time like if you didn't know how to pivot in those times and know how to like sell to the streamers and know the new way of things or technology, like you're not going to survive in this business. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like I went into a tangent. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Said, but um, yeah, like, like the, 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 the art and pivoting, the art and pivoting that is like, I think the basis of like what my career and my lifespan as a professional has been is <laughs> learning how to pivot, 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 pivot my entire life. So
0: you know, so I feel like that theme of pivoting that the like you said, the art of pivoting. I think that it's essential no matter what industry you're in. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in television, whether you're in you know, it doesn't matter. I feel like if you don't have that ability then you either end up like suffering or feeling stuck or in a position that you don't want to be in. You know when when the pandemic hit, I was so used to, you know, focusing on the mindset coaching and all those things that I was doing to to monetize. So I've been self-employed for almost 12 years. I was like, well, maybe I should get a job. But then I was like, okay, what what do I know how to do right now that people out here need and would pay for and that I could monetize. And that's how I ended up launching my other business, which is helping women like women entrepreneurs to publish their books using the same tools and resources as traditional publishers, because they're out here mm. being these opportunities to share their expertise or their stories when they can be creating their own legacy and monetizing and, and having full control. Because you know, I feel like especially for women, there's a lot of power and control that has been taken away that we are now in a position where we could take back. So that allowed me to thrive throughout the pandemic. So it's, you know, being able to pivot and not be I think sometimes we hold on to things for too long for the sake of, oh well, I've been doing this for so long. I need the to
1: comfortability. Yeah. yeah. Like being comfortable.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: that's okay. You know, I think that I think it's okay um to be comfortable. But when that comfort is no longer serving you,
0: Mm -hmm. that's
1: the difference, you know, because I I feel like, you you know, you, how is it, you know, we get to a place that we're, we've, we've succeeded at the goal, you know, we, you know, and, and I'm sure you can, you can relate with me on this, like, you know, five years ago, even a year ago, we never thought that we would have gotten to the point that we've gotten to today. Like I know for myself, sometimes yeah. I think about like, damn. Like I remember the household I came from, the environments I grew up in, and so you know, being a homeowner, or you know, being in a thriving relationship, or having a career, or you know, shit, having a pair of nice shoes. I mean, just you know, like the minute <laughs> yeah. stuff. I mean, for me, the the you know, honestly, I I tell um. I tell my mom all the time. I was like, you know, for me, it's so crazy, and it's something so small, but you know that we take for granted when we're growing up. But like, at this age, you know, I go into a supermarket and I'm able to like freely pick what I want, yeah, and not have to worry about the bill going into the going in, you know at the ca- at the checkout, yeah, like something so small like that. I really sit back and think, like, damn. I I remember growing up. I wanted all the Lunchables that was at the at the refrigerator aisle, and I couldn't get all the Lunchables. But now, mm-hmm. if I want to buy the Lunchables out, I like it's something so <laughs> stupid, you know, that you think about. But it's like I have to buy all the Lunchables, out. <laughs> and it's I still have Lunchables at my age. But <laughs> it's something so so small. But it's like you just if you look at it from a macro perspective, it's like damn, like and I'm not, I'm not gloating. I'm not sitting here. Cause I'm far from where I want to be, but to know how far I've come, you know? And I yeah. think that sometimes we just don't sit and just really look back at the, and I'm guilty about this. I'm not speaking like I've, I'm above this or I didn't grew past this. I, I, I'm still like this. It's a, it's a, it's a mental battle every day, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like, damn, like, I, I have so much more I want to do, but damn, look at all the shit that I didn't accomplish, you know? Yeah. Listen, uh, and, and yourself least, On the back for all of those things. Yeah, man. And I, th- oh, and I think, no and I way. think we don't have a, I think we don't. So I think like going back to comfort, I think comfort is a good thing because it shows that you're appreciative for the space that you have gotten yourself to. Yes. But when that comfort no longer serves you and it's not fulfilling you, and you're not waking up grateful and happy to be comfortable, then mm-hmm. that's when that comfort becomes something you have to push against and keep going.
0: Yes. But it's
1: okay to be appreciative in the space that you're in. You know, I think yes. a lot of us, we, we're, we, you know, we're, we're sort of pushed in this narrative of like, you can't be comfortable. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. But it's like, no, sit and smell. The, the the dandelions that are outside, yes, thriving in the spring, you know, like that just that, that we don't, we're not given that sort of thing to do for just a second
0: and stop yes. and, and inhale and exhale, <laughs> and then you can keep going, you know. I agree with you a thousand percent. I feel like when we are in that constant keep going, that puts us into. Um, hustle mode, and I think a lot of us are in that hustle mode because that's become our trauma response from mm-hmm. you know I the agree. lack of what we, we didn't have. So it's constantly chasing and chasing and chasing. But then when is enough enough? But I think it's beautiful the example that you gave about you know as a child not being able to have the lunchable and now being able to buy as many as you want because that not only shows your level of gratitude and appreciation for what you presently have, but it's like you know how they say like you know, not to necessarily uh, look back or focus on the past, but you're able to reflect and see your evolution, your growth and appreciate what you have today and still want more at the same time. You know, there are some people that are just constantly and don't appreciate what they have right now because they feel like they, you know, they don't have what it is that they want, but that ability to see what you have and be grateful and appreciate even the smallest things is like in in my humble opinion, what's been giving you all of those beautiful blessings that come from the re- rewards of of what you're doing? Because yeah. if you didn't appreciate it, go go. They, ahead. I'm so
1: sorry.
0: No, that's okay. No, I was gonna say if if you didn't appreciate it, like you know, then it becomes like a like. um, I guess more of a, an ego thing or entitlement or what have you, but, you know, you speak from a total place of humility. Like I can hear that. Um, so I think it's beautiful. I mean,
1: and, and to be frank with you, um, Makina, like I, you know, I have that, I, I still battle with that a lot, you know, because I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a television producer and, you know, a, our, our work is project based, like a lot of people in this industry in this realm. Um, and so I was working, you know, there's, there's a lot of intensity when you go into these, um, projects, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a showrunner now. So, um, I just finished my seventh show, um, you know, since becoming a showrunner and, you know, those are very intense jobs. You know, we're working 12 hours a day, every day for a period of time. And I've always been, you know, I've always had long projects where, the project go for you know upwards of six, seven, eight, nine months, mm-hmm. um, and that's a blessing because that means that you know the the bag the, the check clearing, <laughs> but it's, a, it's very overwhelming you know because I there's no you know I applaud anybody that's found a balance professionally and personally mm-hmm. because I haven't it's been very difficult because for me you know when you're giving. Eighty percent to your profession, ninety percent, one hundred percent. Where is there space for everything else in your life? You know. Right. So for me, when I'm like in in knee deep in these projects, I'm not eating right. I'm not flying to see my family, enough um my house is you know, and I'm a big person where like I'm um I don't want to self diagnose and say I'm a little OCD because I feel like that's not really my diagnosis, but I'm very like particular (laughs) about the space that i live in you know so everything has to be organized the bed has to be done you know the fridge has to be cleaned out every week um and and you know when i'm working like this and i'm on set every single day all day i come home and i literally you know have take take out sit in my kitchen eat go upstairs shower and go to bed and it's a cycle that's like again and again and again mm-hmm. um and you know i i typically try to have try to take a little bit of downtime in between the projects if it's because i'm either developing my own stuff and you know a lot of times it's hard to work on your own stuff when you're working you know on on other projects um or just need a a, a debrief i need a breather. Um, and it's crazy because I, you know, I was probably two, two years project to project. Like I literally jumped on one pro, I was on one project for a year and a half in the West Coast. Um, and then right, right away had no break in between, jumped into another project, um, you know, in the East Coast that I just wrapped. And I said, okay, I have a couple weeks. Before I really start to figure out, you know, like just, you know, jump onto the next project. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, but I
1: have time that I need to, okay, I have some, you know, development ideas in the back burner that I need to just get in on. Um, I feel like almost guilty for just wanting to wake up in the morning, make a juice, sit outside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and you know, I feel guilty about that. Like I said, I'm not, I'm wasting time. I got to go back and and get on mm-hmm. you know get on the hustle mode and it's crazy like you know just just kind of reacting to what you're saying like it's this trauma response you know and i think it's like this um what did you say that wolf smith has he has um is it poor man syndrome it don't matter um, like how much you gain yeah, yeah you're yeah. always gonna feel like i'm broke yeah and it's like you know listen my bills are paid and i got food in the fridge so i'm very thankful for the basics Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm good, but it's like, I, it's this poor man's mentality. Like I, you know, it's, and it's never wanting to go back to what you came up from. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's also, I think that uh, it's the trauma response that you mentioned that we have when we just can't sit still mm-hmm. <laughs> and smell the flowers.
0: <laughs> I get it. I grew up in government housing to a single mom. Like I, I get it completely. Uh, you know, I I used to believe at one point, maybe halfway through being an entrepreneur, um, I used to believe that there was such thing as balance, and then I realized that it, I was totally out of whack with that because I wasn't, like mm-hmm. you said, the self care. I wasn't focused on the self care, and in these last few years, I've realized instead of trying to chase balance, I am all about the harmony. Because sometimes you may be more, you know, work-driven. Yeah, but of I agree being, with you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. It's, you know, it, and, and I think having a tribe around you that understands that, I think mm-hmm. it's so important and so powerful. You know, I, I know I have a really supportive, um, back to my mama, a really <laughs> supportive mother um, who understands that I'm out here, you know, Grinding and doing what I gotta do. Um, so if I can't fly home, you know, every weekend or every other weekend the way I typically try to, she understands that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and she's like, okay, you know, I, I remember how when I was working in the West Coast for a year and a half, I was flying every other weekend to every three week, you know, every third weekend flying back to, to, to Florida and, you know, it was really taxing on my body because that, you know, one thing it, it little the little you know flying from New York to Florida is one thing, but like that very constant back and forth from the West Coast to the East Coast, back to the West Coast, you know, like mm-hmm. that bi-coastal life is tough. Yeah. Um yeah. I did it for a little bit, and um, you know, my mom was like upset at me for like how much I was putting. On my body, and and you know, and I was like, "But mom, I have to." There's, you know, stuff you got to do, stuff I got to deal with, stuff I got to go back home to. The, and you know, but it's it's um it's very taxing on you. And I just realized like um it's a guilt that we put on ourselves
0: mm-hmm. where we
1: feel like we're not doing enough. Um and and yeah, like back to the 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 it's just letting it flow, but having the tribe around you, like my best friend. The, you know like the people my boyfriend like they all sort of understand like when i'm in this certain mode they're not going to sit there and and pressure me and make it harder for me you know
0: mhm um, absolutely but i think
1: that's really important just to have it's important to have a support system like you can't you're not meant to do life by yourself you're not meant to you know to live life on your own and and be a loner at all times you know yeah it's mm-hmm. important sometimes to have your own space and time to process is important but we're not meant to walk this journey alone. Yeah. Um so it's important to start to sort of surround yourself with the people who support your journey that you support theirs um and understand like in every relationship you know whether it's a family, a friend, a business, um a romantic or with yourself like having that, you know, just honesty with with you know and I I I I can only give right now. So I'm going to need to, I might, I need you to give that 80, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: or, or, or vice versa. Like it's, it's, it's important to just, you know, be honest in that.
0: Absolutely. There are two points there that you, you mentioned that I wanted to highlight for the people that are listening. Uh, One, at the end of the day, we are wired for connection. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that isolation, it's not healthy. It's not good for you. It can actually be detrimental. So we're wired for connection. And, and the other point is that You know, when you spoke about healthy community, that is one of the pillars for strengthening resilience. It's important to have a healthy community, a healthy tribe, um, you know, healthy connections and relationships where we feel safe and supported because a lot of us didn't grow up in those environments. So it's, you know, changing our, how our nervous system even responds to things by having those healthy connections and that, that tribe and that community around us.
1: Yeah so so true I, I definitely um there's no way that i can be sane without you know the people that that love and that i love and care for but more importantly love and care for me yeah <laughs>
0: so. yeah yep. so okay so i mean your your mindset sounds like it's in the right direction so what habits are you most proud of that have led to positive change in your life
1: um I think like, um, spirituality for me is very, very, very important. You know, I think that, um, you know, I, 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 I as a woman, um, in this business, um, I, you know, I, I move around a lot solo, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a business meetings or projects, and I'm either living in the West coast for some time or living in this city or going to that city or on tour, or what have you, like, I'm alone a lot, you know, just like, that's just the reality of this business sometimes. And I think that, um, realizing that I'm not alone, if that makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. like, realizing that I'm not alone, and a lot of that had to do with leaning into my spirituality, um, really understanding, um, Oprah said this once, so I don't want to make it seem like, you know, it was my original saying, but I really honed in on it when I saw her speak, one day and she talked about having, understanding that when you walk into a room, you walk into a room with every army of ancestry behind Mm -hmm. you, you Mm -hmm. know, your lineage, your, um, you know, where you come from, um, knowing that you always have an army behind you. And I think really leaning into that. And even if I'm alone, in my navigations in life and professionally I'm not because mm-hmm. I have the, 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 army, the ancestral lineage behind me. You know, I, part of one thing that I'm thinking about now, cause I, and you know, when, before we got into the podcast and you had the, you know, the, the, the questionnaire mm-hmm. to kind of find out the topic, I think one, um one important topic for me Uh, is is grievance, you know. Um, I I had, you know, my my entire family has passed away, so the only thing I have left is my mom and my half brother, um, you know, and and that you know I grew up in a family, you know, very close knit, Sunday dinners, church on Sundays, um, you know, our family was very close, and so when that um that trauma happened, you know, how many years now? It was two thousand nine, two thousand ten, um, you know. That all of that happened in 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 a very quick span, you know that 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 made me feel alone, you know. And I mm-hmm. I traveled to New York, you know, from there I moved from Florida to New York, um, and uh, you know, the, putting myself in spaces where I was alone. I, you know, my best friend always says that she's like, you always seem to go when you know where you don't know nobody, and you know. But I think that over time, understanding that I'm not alone is very important for me in, in my, in my, in my life, you know? So I think, you know, to answer your question, that's I think the most important thing is leaning into my spirituality and understanding that, you know, my, um my guide, my spiritual guide, my family that's, you know, that's transitions into the next life are always with me Um mm-hmm. that I can sit down and, and, you know, talk to God and literally have, free flowing conversations, um, with the family that's passed, I think it's super, super necessary for me to keep going.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, you know, I, my, my mother and I, you know, we had, we were like kind of all in growing I'm speaking very specifically to my experiences. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I hope any of this can, you know, who's ever listening can, you know, pull something from it, but I'm speaking very, very personally from my own stuff because this is what your podcast asks for: yes. It's very yes. personal, <laughs> personal experiences. So I'm trying to lean in on that. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, um, you know, uh, yeah, my mother's relationship and I was not the best growing up, um, and as I got older and more mature and and became less um, harsh, you know, for lack of a better term,
0: mm-hmm.
1: on on you know the expectations of of my mother and myself i think that became super important for me as well to just keep going is building the relationship with my mom as i got older um and and really finding my my people my tribe like mm-hmm. the 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 friends you know and and close-knit um people in my life that i can call for different you know, advice and and needs, I think is really important and kind of stepping out out of my ego. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: you know, knowing that I can't, you know, that if I can't do it, there's somebody who can help me do it. You know, I think a lot of times we function on this, like, do or die mentality, where we have to be the fixer for everything. And sometimes God puts people in your life to help you with what you can't help yourself in, you know. Um, So I think those, Things are really, really important in my process um, and my mindset. You know, um, and also we we do, we, you know, and also kind of like, well, my mindset isn't this being mm-hmm. accepting of the other side and yeah. just kind of going through that. You know, I think we do so many things. That's why, you know, it's, it, it, you know, alcoholism and and drug abuse and things like that is is so. It's so prevalent in our society because people try to do everything to avoid, yeah, you know, the them mental them. battles that they have to go through, you know. And mm-hmm. and I think that we we try to avoid it so much as opposed to just understand, like, you got to go, you know, in order to get through it, you got to go through it
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: uh, get on the other side and realize, like, you were able to pass that storm, you know. And I think, you know, with all these things, we try to, like, medicate ourselves, um, you know, and, and, and you know, back to the spirituality, like I did a year of fasting from, you know, worldly things, for lack of a better term, you know, I stopped having a glass, you know, wine and alcohol mm-hmm. for a year, I stopped going out, I stopped even putting on makeup like that for a whole year to just try of try to, you know, mm-hmm. take myself away from those. Things that we're so accustomed to doing to like block out what we have to sit with, you know. So for mm-hmm. a year, I had to sit with if I had a bad day at work, if I had an argument with a friend, I had to sit with or how to process this as opposed to like, oh, my God, I have to a bad day. Let me go get a glass of wine or let me go out, mm-hmm. or, you know, like all <laughs> those things that we tend to do just because that's like what we that's, that's what makes us feel good in the moment. But it kind of yeah. blocks away. Having to deal with the shit, you know yeah, so yeah. I think for me, even most recently, that fast, um, which I did I started at the end of twenty twenty one and ended the end of twenty twenty two it was super um, eye opening for me, so
0: wow i mean I mean, first, my condolences about the loss of your family I, I can't thank even... you oh, I
1: appreciate that um,
0: and then the discipline that it takes to fast um, for a short period of time, much less a long period of time. Um, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, just this entire conversation in general, um, like I said, it sounds like your mindset is totally in the right direction and, you know, healing is, it's, it's a journey. It's a process. I think that some people just, you know, if they haven't really been through anything big or their assumption is that, you know, time, it's just time that, that things get easier, but that's not necessarily the case. It's the work that's put in. It's the coping mechanisms that you learn. It's, you know, all of those, those things, it's definitely a process and, you know, leaning into, um, your spirituality for you has like, it, it sounds like not only that it's working, but just in terms of even how light you sound when you speak about the heavy things, um, it sounds like it's definitely been helpful for you. It 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 has. It's it's a pro
1: again. It's winging it. <laughs> Back to the winging it, though. Yeah. Faith in it till you make it. <laughs> that no, I mean yeah, faith till you make it. Um, and yeah, and just yeah, like it's just figuring it out as you go. I think you know, one thing we talked about before um, we started the podcast is I was really trying to like answer your question about the healing journey. Um, And I think it's just that a journey. I think, you know, I think there's going to be so many circumstances in people's lives where we have to heal from something, but then something else is going to happen that we have to heal from. And I think understanding that it's a process, mm-hmm. it's a journey, there's no end to it. And I think with everything you have to like learn from, you get a little stronger and stronger. So the next hit or the next blow, um, not that it doesn't hurt or it doesn't affect you but you, you you were able to like look back and see that I went through this or I'd gone through that or and I survived it you know like yeah the toughest thing in my life was having to bury all those family members in a five-month span you know it was like funeral after funeral after funeral um and I it, you know my my I, who it it, it it would be hard to um you know, for some people to like, pat- survive to that. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying it wasn't, I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying it's easy till this day. But I think you have to understand the new normal that you have to, um that you have to just jump into, you know, mm-hmm. after you've experienced like, the thing that you have to experience, like from so whatever you have to heal from, and, and just, you know, understanding there's a, a new normal after that. Mm-hmm. Um and then you look back so like you know after that whole situation happened in my family there is there's a lot of things that that I feel like I can get through because I went through the the roughest thing in my life you know it, at at this point in my life you know I, that's the roughest thing I've ever been through is that and I was able to you know look back and see that I went through it and although it, it wasn't easy and it isn't easy I was able to survive it so Um, there's a lot of stuff that don't affect me now. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, for that, it also helps to take away a lot of, it, it helps take away ego, you know, Mm -hmm. that dealing with that, because, you know, whenever I have a disagreement with a friend or, um, or a family member, or, you know, just, you know, we get into our ego and we want to prove ourselves right. And it's just like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? You know, if something happens, we're seeing everything, you know, the news. Is really messing with our minds because every single day you're just seeing tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And you sit back and think, like, is it really worth it? A really good show, uh, by the way, that's really, I think, helping narrate also what I'm talking about now is this new Netflix show that I was literally watching with my boyfriend last night called Beef.
0: Did oh, you have I heard of Beef? I first episode and couldn't, I couldn't understand it. So, like, maybe I just need a moment. <laughs> oh, you need
1: a girl when I tell you, like, <laughs> it started i don't want to be a what is it a, spo- a spoiler spoiler i don't want to be a spoiler but yeah. like it started with this like road rage incident between two people and when i tell you it's gotten so deep and so traumatic <laughs> at the wow. and we i watched every episode and <laughs> at the end you just like i can't believe that all of this stems from road rage, road rage. and yeah. like Somebody, you know, you come in out the parking lot, you know, and and you're not seeing somebody behind you. they beep crazy, and then they leave, and they throw the middle finger at you, and now you're trying to chase them down half the city, and you almost get into a crash. But then from there, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and people die. It just became Mm -hmm. so, like, crazy, but it's like, it's all, it's ego. Mm -hmm. It's ego for the person who... Beep the car. Why are you beeping at me? Uh, you, you middle finger. Why are you putting the middle finger? Uh, you got to respect me, and then it just goes into this like this uh, rabbit hole of just messed up stuff that happens yeah. to both of their lives off trying to prove their ego right. If yeah. they would have just let it go and realized that it's not worth it, then. All the shit that you see in these, na- I mean, it's it's it, it, it's a great narrative for a show. But if you look at it from a macro perspective, and the <laughs> lessons you learn, it's like ego really can be the devil. You yep. know, agreed. So yeah, so it's like it. So I say that to say when it came to like dealing with you know bearing my family, you know, I, I you know I'm not gonna say I'm perfect with it, but you know I'm definitely more self aware. And when I realized like okay, this is my ego. Um, and that, you know, is nothing more than just my ego. I try to take a step back and realign myself, but it still happens. I am perfect, but I think the self-awareness part becomes more, um, more bigger as you get older and you go through shit, you know, you just understand your self-awareness. And even at this point, you know, a, a big thing that's helped me, you know, with, I've had to manage my ego. I manage people. (laughs) I manage people and you know managing people skills are important and understanding the industry that you're in and the project that you're doing but a lot of it is managing personalities and knowing how to direct people Mm -hmm. and understanding how to respond to people that don't know how to respond great to things (laughs) and knowing how to respond to the (laughs) lack of knowing how to respond and redirecting like again it's the transferable skills that you learn in life you know it's 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 the process and how you know what i learned from here how can i apply it to this or apply it to that so it's you know and and all that stems from trauma you know all that stems from uh tragedy and and having to um pivot and, and understanding how to deal with things as they come. And and all these experiences just, like, equip you better with how to manage the unmanageable or the unexpected. Mm-hmm. So it's all relative, if you look at it, you know.
0: <laughs> he, it's all relative. <laughs> you said so much there. I feel like we could unpack that in, like, a part two <laughs> episode. <laughs> 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 so so i'm definitely gonna have to have you back for a part two um but before we go to the final segment the rapid fire i want you to tell people where they could stay connected with you online where they can learn more from you and about you um well on social media i'm a terrible
1: poster but um uh instagram is i am MC Lopez. um um uh, uh the company website is mclmedia.net um, is it the same for the rest? I think Twitter and, and Twitter is too. And Facebook, I'm, I'm so bad at social media. I need to get better. That's part of the pivoting that I haven't gotten to yet is understanding the social media world and knowing how to like post properly. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, those are, that's, that's how to, um, connect with me on, on socials. Um, and yeah, and, you know, thank you so much for this conversation. It was, great i didn't really know how it was going to go, and i hope <laughs> i didn't overshare, but you know i'm 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 pretty much an open book i'm I'm not ashamed of the of the things to share and and you know the experiences i'm I'm leading so I thank you for this platform that you give to you know you gave to me and to every other guest that you have on the show and just you know finding um, the, the commonality that we all have are you know, walking this path of life. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, super, super, a lot of, um, just props to you for having a platform like
0: this. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I will definitely have like all the links to your social, your website, all that good stuff in the detailed section below the episode. So the listeners can just click and connect with you directly. Um, I, you know, I try to keep the the final segment like a rapid fire that you can answer one word or one sentence. Um, but I'm also like a a bit of a rebel. I don't like rules, so if you feel like you need to expand, feel free. Oh, like
1: a like a like a power like a phrase like a like a drop the mic moment. Ooh, no, let me see. <laughs> um. Uh. Oh my God! I don't have one. Okay, so say.
0: let's, let, let I'll simplify it for you. So if I, okay. I'll ask you like a couple of quick uh, reflection questions and then you can answer like one word or one sentence. Okay, copy. Okay. Um, if you could create one law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would that be? One law. And you want like one word answers? It could be one word. It could be one sentence. More
1: phrase. Okay one law that the world can follow. Uh, um, I'm trying to like not be cliche because I feel like a lot of us have like the same sort of like <laughs> phrases to use. Um, you know, uh, you know, find, you know, find, uh, find empathy with mm-hmm. anything and everyone that you meet.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great one. That's a great one. Um Okay. When and where are you the happiest? Uh, when are when am I the happiest?
1: Oh, yeah. that's a that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> when I and would, where? <laughs> when and where? Um, say wherever I'm at, but I don't think I've gotten to that point yet. You know where it's like I want I I want to say I want to get to the point in my life that no matter where I'm at, um, I don't. I don't, um, depend on external things for internal happiness. That's mm-hmm. what I want to say, mm-hmm. um, or what I want to get to in my life. Um, but I think like my happiness is, um, in good community, like, you mm-hmm. know, in, in good, you know, with, with people that I love and love me. Like, mm-hmm. and so wherever that is, it's not, you know, whether it's a beach and, and, Mexico or you know at a fish fry in the back of my mama's house like you know or <laughs> in my bed like you know I just you know it's if if I'm surrounded by the people that I know really fuck with me and I've been so sorry that I really you know that that are my people I'm happiest yeah. there yeah I love it am I'm, I'm, I'm big I'm big communal person like I you know I appreciate my alone time but I'm I love that hosting people and having people around not a plethora of like random but like, like really int- intimate that yeah people that love me and that I love yeah. Me,
0: yeah I get it I get it okay what is uh what is something that other people value but you don't uh that other people value but I don't
1: um mm. that other people value but I don't social media Mm-hmm. And I need to get better with that. Cause I, I really have a messed up relationship with social media. Cause I feel like I have like a, I don't want to say it's a distaste. I have, I haven't, I haven't pivoted to figuring there. I know there's benefits in social media. Mm-hmm. I know there's, but I just haven't gotten there yet. Right. I haven't taken the time to study it yet. And that's right. really what it is. I think it's like, I have this like, ah, uh, like, cause I just, you know what it is? I be seeing people like on the phone all the time <laughs> and it'd be really annoying me. Cause I'm such yes. a, like, I love the human connection and like, I'm still old school. Like, although I've under, you know, I understand the world we're in and the Zooms and the Google Hangouts and the, I, I appreciate that, you know, and I know that this is a space that we're in, in our lives. But I will jump on a plane quick to go meet with somebody, because to me, there's nothing more valuable than sitting face to face with someone, seeing their body language, Mm
0: -hmm. seeing
1: their facial expressions,
0: you know, and really
1: feeling them. Yeah, like, I still think there's a value to that, that, you know, that, that, that the newer generations, they just, they, they, they. They don't have that, you know, or they don't understand how valuable that is to somebody, you know, or at mm-hmm. least to me. So that's something that I, people value that I haven't, but it's my own fault. And I know I have to get better in that. So it's not anybody else's fault of my own, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. as yeah, the, my, you know,
1: as the relationship life. with social media. Yeah,
0: I, I get it. Like, I, so I, I truly believe that social media is what you make it. Like, I have friends yeah. that, you know, they have their nine to five and they use social media just you know, for fun, for jokes and memes and things like that. But then I guess because I've been self-employed for so long, my focus with social media is either like connections or to inspire or to educate. So when I connect with people online, the end goal is to build enough of rapport and connection with someone that I can take that relationship offline. And that's where I have some of the most amazing connections with people that I've met virtually.
1: And and, And you know what? And I need to, I need to, I need to get to that mind state, but I think my mind is so uh jaded <laughs> <laughs> by the stories that I hear and the things that I see, and when I scroll and I see all oh, this person. Um, you know, because it's it's the it's the mask that you put on social media, and then the reality mm-hmm. that you set. And I, so I'd be, I'd be a little paranoid in my head. Oh my God! But, so, but it, again, it's my own. It's it's the relationship you make with it. So I feel like I need to um I need to just I need to hone in and focus on the good mm-hmm. and 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 wear that out. Because you know, I'm like, oh, because then I, when I see the whatever it's just i need to get it I'm, i think you're going on for this but I, it's my own bag, bad
0: so. i get it i get it 1000 percent. honestly Marie, i appreciate the extra time that you've given me today i appreciate oh, your, energy, you. your honesty your transparency um the realness i just love it thank you so much
1: no thank you for having me um uh i thank you for having me is all i could say I. i hope that this is a <laughs> good conversation it um it a it, 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 your expectations have been fulfilled <laughs> Listen, <laughs> um, it, it, and, there was so much value so thank you thank you um and I look forward to, to hearing it and you know connecting with anybody on social media so if you say t- you gotta <laughs> the way to connect is if you if you dm me and you say I heard you on the podcast with McKinney, <laughs> then that'll be your open door. There we go. Yeah. Yes. It gotta be how you, how you, how you connect with me is how we going, we going to flourish yeah. this relationship. So um, yes. thank you again for
0: the conversation. <laughs> and to all of you healers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And I just want to thank each and every one of you that listens around the globe to help the show rank in the, Top one point five percent of most popular podcasts out of over three million shows. Thank you. Um, we want to hear what resonated with you in this conversation. Feel free to screenshot this episode, and you can tag Mari on I am MC Lopez. You can tag myself um, at the Real McKinney Smith. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people, whether survive and thrive so let's continue to heal her